Welcome to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Over the next hour, you'll discover unique ideas and perspectives about how to improve your health and the planet as well. Now, here are your hosts, Jimena and Lorenzo. Welcome, welcome. Hello and bienvenidos. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy Planet, Healthy You. I'm so excited to be here with you. My name is Jimena Yañez. I'm an author, a health coach, and a Reiki and biomagnetism therapist. I am the mom of two, and in an effort to change the environmental trends for theirs and, for theirs and future generations, I teach people how to transition to a more sustainable and healthy plant-based diet. Welcome. Hello. Bienvenidos, my friends. I am Lorenzo Rosenzweig, and I have more than 40 years of my life devoted to the natural world and its conservation as an environmentalist. I am also a writer, a photographer, an amateur naturalist, a grandfather of six, and in December, next December, probably seven, and a watercolor artist. I am visiting Guatemala this week, attending several committee and board meetings of the Mesoamerican Reef Fund. How are you doing today, Jimena? I'm very well, thank you. Enjoying the warm weather and the rain because this year we have been getting some delicious rain every week. What is good and new for you today, Lorenzo? Well, again, recharged after a wonderful weekend, having quality time with the grandchildren, visiting parks and enjoying a Sunday swim with them. Yeah, perfect. And congratulations for the coming grandson. <laughs> Today we will talk about soils and we will have Fausto Bermudez with us. Fausto is a young Mexican rancher and one of the most knowledgeable persons in Mexico and regenerative ranching and soils. He comes from a family of ranchers in the state of Chihuahua in the northern of central Mexico. Every week we engage in casual conversations to help you understand what is really going on, considering there's a lot of conflicting information on social media. We want you, you to exercise your right to decide for yourself, so we offer facts that you can double-check later on your own. So, allow us to tell you the story of how we got in this environmental and health crisis, and what are the odds if we fail to act during the next years, and what are the things you can do for your personal benefit, and at the same time, to support worldwide efforts for a healthy planet. In the last episode, we talked about biological diversity or biodiversity, a term that describes the variety of life on Earth at all its levels. Biodiversity is often understood in terms of the wide variety of plants, animals, and microorganisms, but it also includes genetic differences with each species, as well as diverse ecosystems and their corresponding interaction between them. Despite we depend on rich biodiversity for our survival, over the last century, our anthropogenic activities have caused ecosystems to change, and with that, an extensive array of challenges. Yeah, biodiversity is quickly disappearing, and with it, many of the ecosystem services and functions it provides for humanity. Scientists are already telling us that this devastating rate of extinction is putting our planet in the middle of an accelerated sixth mass extinction event that otherwise would have taken thousands of years to happen. Deforestation, 
monocropping agriculture and intensive farming practices are the biggest threats to biodiversity around the world, reducing millions of hectares of natural habitats every year. But there's still hope, Jimena, and we also talked about a couple of simple things you can do to start taking action. One, be a responsible consumer, which includes being mindful on what you put on your plate, buying sustainable produce, using less water, producing food waste, and of course, avoiding plastics. And two, reconnecting with nature, which includes traveling sustainably, avoiding littering, averting the use of pesticides, and composting your food scraps. Yeah, thank you, Lorenzo, for reminding us of very simple things to change the trends. And to build up on last week's episode, today we will talk about soils. Known to many people, healthy living soils are one of the most biodiverse ecosystems on the planet. And they are one of the largest reservoirs of microbial biodiversity on Earth. Sadly, it is also losing biological diversity. And we need to wake up and start paying attention because this weakening of soils elevates the risk to human health as soils influence the quantity and quality of the food we eat, the air we breathe, and the water we drink. We get you, Jimena, and I'm so happy to have Fausto with us because he will explain later about soil. Understanding soil is complicated because think about it. What is soil? I bet what comes to your mind is dirt. <laughs> the thing you don't want on your shoes, inside your house, on the carpets, or on sidewalks and streets around your neighborhood. But soils and dirt are very different. Soils are a natural body made up of minerals, air, water, organic matter, and living organisms. Soils are substantially diverse. They morph depending on the underlying rock, local climate, and topography, and the plants, animals, and fungi that inhabit them. Without soil, the Earth's land would be a lifeless slab of rock. So, next time, instead of thinking of dirt, think about this incredible upper substrate or matrix of the planet, which gives us life in every possible way you can imagine. Yeah, and I've been doing some reading, reading and research, and I was, uh, it was surprising to me to learn that just in the U.S., there are more than 20,000 types of soils. The largest type is prairies, covering 21.5% of the country's land, land mass. These prairies owed their soil quality not to a monoculture, but to a diverse, diversity of grasses, grains, flowers, and legumes. And this reminds me of the conversation between neighbors I talked about last week, where people were asking their neighbors to have their lawns free of weeds. However, when you have a mixture of plant species in your yard, you'll give the soil the chance to have, to have a rich community of microorganisms. Yeah, this, this, remind, this conversation reminds me about this picture um, that you can see in many technical books, where you can see the length of native grasses in prairies and grasslands, amazing amount of life underneath the surface that most people ignore. So. The variety of organisms present in soils is known as soil biodiversity. With the naked eye, we can see earthworms and insects, and we can find as many as 50 earthworms in a square foot of healthy soil. However, there are trillions of species living in soils that are invisible to us. Just a quarter of a tablespoon of healthy garden soil, a gram of soil, contains billions of single-celled organisms like 
bacteria, archaea, several jars of equally invisible fungal hyphae, thousands of protozoa, and a few dozen nematodes. Just to give you an idea, there are more soil microorganisms in a gram of healthy soil than there are people on Earth. <laughs> well, that's just amazing. And there's still so much to learn about these organisms. Scientists say that only about 1% of these have been identified so far. So further research could lead to important developments in agricultural, medical, and climate sciences. This multitude of soils organisms interact with plants in fascinating ways we're just starting to discover. For example, it's been proven that trees are interconnected by an underground network of mycorrhiza, fungi that lives in Jesus Christ, what a word, symbiotically between, the, between and within plant roots. These hidden networks transfer not only water and nutrients between plants, but also chemicals that allow the plants to communicate with one another in a natural, guess what, internet, a natural <laughs> internet that is wow. critical to forest ecosystem survival. And yes, you heard me right. Plants have their own internet. <laughs> well, it's just amazing. Our technological advances are just replicating what happens in nature spontaneously. In the natural environment, plants form relationships with microbes to obtain water, nutrients, and protections uh, against some pathogens. But plant roots do much more than take up nutrients. They give back to the soil through photosynthesis a process by which sunlight is converted to energy that fuels a plant. Plants secrete some of this energy through their roots into the ground. Yes, this microscopic organism lives in a section of the soil called the rhizosphere, which extends about a tenth of an inch from the plant roots. The number and diversity of the organisms that occur in the rhizosphere are so complex and intricate that soil scientists are still trying to fully comprehend them. Now, Remember, the damage of synthetic fertilizers we have been talking about in previous episodes, well, besides eutrophication, the abuse of fertilizers can make some of these relationships redundant and can lead to the loss of its benefits, such as disease protection or micronutrient distribution. Yeah, the abuse of fertilizers. So the way food is grown affects the composition and health of plants. That is why regenerative farming practices make food more nutritious. Plants produced produce under these integrative practices contain more vitamins, more flavor compounds, and more antioxidants when compared with conventional farming. And as we were talking last week, nature principles are based on interdependency, interrelation, and connection between species. In the case of soils, Many factors are at play, but soil management strategies that benefit soil organisms and the relationship with plants are a key component. We already know that besides supplying nutrients and water, which are vital for plants, soils are home to a huge diversity and number of organisms. Together, these organisms sustain plant, animal, and human health. And you might wonder, how do these microbes sustain human health? Well, besides making food more nutritious for us, Soil microbes produce a huge number of compounds in their chemical rivalry for dominance and survival, which in turn are widely used to make antibiotics and other drugs and useful substances for humans. Mm -hmm. So humans and animals reflect what they eat. 
more and more studies demonstrate the link between nutrition and human health issues. So let me tell you my personal story to illustrate this. I remember 12 years ago, I was sitting in the cardiologist's office waiting for the results of my lab tests. I felt chronic fatigue, frustration, and the pain of believing that my body was failing me. I wasn't sure how to regain my lost strength and energy. So the doctor came with the papers in hand and told me, besides having high cholesterol, you have POTS too, she told me. Your blood vessels have lost their strength and your body struggles to send blood back from the legs to the heart and brain. She explained that POTS was a mysterious disease, and in my case, to try to compensate for this dysfunction, my heart increased its normal rate. She also told me that this condition had no cure, and I will have to take cholesterol and heart drugs for the rest of my life. So I asked the doctor if it was possible to overcome both conditions with the diet. To my astonishment, she answered, what you eat has no impact on your health, and added, but try any diet you want. In two months, come back and with another set of lab tests. Uh, and then she pointed out, your condition is genetic and diet cannot cure it, but give it a try and see for yourself. So I decided to immerse myself in nutrition literature. And two months later, I returned to her office. She looked at the results of my lab tests and asked in amazement, what did you do? This is exactly what my patients should be doing. And the thing is that I just became aware of what I ate and the relationship with my body. This was vital during my healing process. I never took the cholesterol pill and I was off the heart med around a year later. And I have stayed like that for almost 10 years. So yes, what you eat absolutely has to do with your health and how food is grown should be a matter of public health. Ahimed, I know your story well, and it always inspires me. It has also been suggested that exposure to diverse microbes in the natural environment can help prevent allergies and other immune-related disorders. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. something important we should keep in mind. As soil is a living organism, it can also die. And fortunately, our anthropogenic activities have been killing a lot of soil lately, and we're doing it poor job of looking after it. The short-term gains of conventional agricultural practices are starting to give way to the long-term damage they do to soil ecosystems. We are losing topsoil at an alarming rate, between 10 and 40 times faster than its form. Every minute we lose worldwide the equivalent of 30 football fields of fertile soil. And what you might not know is that it can take up to 1,000 years for a single centimeters of topsoil to form. Some scientists say that it takes hundreds of years to create an inch of soil, whereas to lose one inch of soil, it won't take a minute after a heavy rain. And with soils under threat around the world, we are in danger of losing their health benefits faster than they are replaced by nature. Yeah, so soil erosion from wind, water, and poor agricultural practices can wipe away thousands of years of soil formation in a matter of minutes or hours. So Yes, on the, the scale same. of human lifetime, soils can be considered a non-renewable resource because soil formation, known as pedogenesis, is such a slow process. And this is because soils form through the slow physical, chemical, 
and biological weathering of bedrock, rocks, plain rocks. Depending on the nature of these rocks and other local factors, that weathering can take up tens of thousands of years to form mature soil. Mm -hmm. Soil erosion can happen very quickly. For a taste of what happens when soils are destroyed, uh, let's recall the American Dust Bowl of the 1930s, when poor land management led to the de degradation of around 100 million acres of once fertile grasslands and the displacements, uh, displacement of more than a half million people. Years of extensive deep tilling and replacing deep root native prairies grasses with cash crops killed the living networks that had kept the soils moist and held it in place. So when severe droughts hit the area, winds lift away more than 25% of the topsoil in many areas of the Great Plains in what was called choking black blizzards. Yeah, that was an amazing thing to happen. We're approaching our first break. When we come back, we will have Fausto Bermudez from Ranching for Profit join us to talk about soil and the particular case of healthy native grasslands. Fausto is a very good example of people, leaders, young people taking in his hands the leadership to change what they can change. Fausto, and he, he, you will see from his conversation, is a fifth generation or a sixth generation rancher from Northern Mexico. And, and he has not only the theoretical or the theoretic, theoretical knowledge, but also the experience of having worked in ranches since he was a small kid. So we are very, very happy to welcome him for the next segment, but let's go for a small Interval or break. <laughs> I hate the word break. Interval. <laughs> okay, thanks. See you in a while. Yeah. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Do you want to have control over your eating decisions, your life, and your and your family's health? Do you wish to take action that benefits the planet, humanity, and generations to come? Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers a unique opportunity to increase the public's awareness of vital environmental and health issues while sharing easy-to-apply habits that can change the world. A book you cannot miss. Find it on Amazon. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Have a question for Jimena and Lorenzo or their guests? Join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. This episode is all about healthy soils. Regenerative ranchers, a new generation of open-minded entrepreneurs that love their land, are adopting new ways to raise cattle using nature as a teacher and the natural history of grasslands in the American continent. We will talk about the outstanding results we're starting to see when we follow nature's wisdom. Yeah, so welcome, Fausto Bermudez. It's such a pleasure, and we feel honored to have you with us today. Welcome, Fausto. Hey, guys. Um, thank you so much for having me here. Good. Can, can, we're going to be, the, the approach will be, we're making questions to you, uh, Fausto, so feel free to extend in the different questions. So we'll start with a simple one, and, and it's sort of like an emotional question. Can you share with us the event or incident that made you interested in ranching and later in holistic or regenerative ranching and environmental restoration? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my interested, uh, interest in holistic or regenerative ranching and environmental restoration was um, sparked by witnessing the bad effects of just conventional farming and ranching practices first on my own land and ecosystem. Um, I observed the negative impact of monocultures and heavy chemical inputs and overgrazing, uh, just leading to soil erosion, um, the loss of biodiversity and degraded landscapes. Um, This realization motivated me to explore alternative approaches that could restore the health of the land while also supporting uh, sustainable food production in my community. Um, I just saw that it was unsustainable and it had an expiration date on it. Yeah, expiration date, you're absolutely right. And yeah, it's a, you, you were there, you were touching the soul, you had cattle, you, you were leaving that. So what, how interesting. So we were talking in the first segment uh, I, I, I was reading and doing some research, and in the, just in the U.S., there are at least 20,000 different soils. And prairies are the largest one. They're covering 21.5% of the country's land mass. These prairies owe their soil quality not to a monoculture, just as you right now said, but 
diversity of grasses and things, legumes and things. Um, what can you tell us about the importance, but also health and economic benefits of plant biodiversity for prairie soil? And how many plant species could be found in a healthy prairie soil? Well, um, I'd like to talk first about my story. Um, when we started uh, just, uh, gathering data of the ranch, um, we had eight perennial species. Uh, we already made some progress, but after six, seven years of trying to help nature improve or speed up his natural succession cycles, um, now we have up to 18 perennial species and um, not a seed was thrown. Um, they, this was only through uh, proper management. So nature has a very big bank of seeds just waiting for the right conditions to germinate. That in terms of nutritional value means a lot. Nutrient-dense food comes from different factors, but biodiversity of food is the main one. So plant diversity plays a crucial role in maintaining the health and resilience of a prayer soil. Um, in a healthy prayer soil, a wide range of plant species coexist, right? Uh, you said grasses, grains, flowers, legumes. This diversity of plants contributes to several important benefits. Um, different plant species have different root structures and depth, which mm -hmm. that enhances the soil structure um, promote better water infiltration, reduce erosion, and just a varied root system also facilitates the exchange of nutrients and increased organic matter in the soil. Um, that nutrient cycling in the soil also facilitates the uptake and release of different nutrients. Some plant species like legumes, like mesquite in the desert areas, um, they fix nitrogen into the into the soil and uh, usually we buy nitrogen, right? So diversity can help just put the things we need to produce a crop. Uh, also, they can control pest control, um, attracting beneficial insects that prey on harmful pests. And that reduces the need for chemical pesticides. Um, so, Plant diversity can support a wider range of agricultural and grazing activities. It offers um, forage quality for livestock and leads to increased product productivity and profitability for farmers and ranchers. Um, basically, it allows farmers to have a second income on a crop and ranchers to reduce outside inputs. Great, great, Fausto. And I assume there's also lots of biodiversity benefits, like like having more and differentiated food for migratory birds, for example. And also, for many years, at least in Mexico, the prairie dogs were considered a pest or a, 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 a bad presence in, in grasslands. And now they are they are really appreciated because they improve the hydrological cycle. So. Tell us how is traditional ranching contributing to to the to the control or the or the to the mitigation of greenhouse gas emissions? How does it improve uh, the 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 stopping the erosion of soils and the certification? And how is holistic or regenerative ranching making a difference? And how does this 
approach replicate nature's wisdom in the recovery of soils? Well, um, traditional ranching, not all of them, um, is characterized by continuous grazing, overstocking, and just lack of proper land management. Um, the problem with that is that overgrazing and improper grazing management can lead to soil compaction. Uh, you reduce the vegetation cover, you increase erosion, um, then you lose the topsoil, which is uh, rich in nutrients and essential for just a productive and healthy landscape. Uh, so mismanaged grazing practices can cause uh, degradation of vegetation and that cause, causes the certification. So you, when you were once a fertile area, uh, you turn it into a arid or semi-arid regions uh, with very little plant cover. Uh, on the other hand, uh, regenerative branching uh, focuses on mimicking natural processes and understanding the interconnectedness of soil, plants, and animals. Um, this approach replicates the, 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 the nature's wisdom. So um, ranchers employ plant grazing techniques uh, that mimic the grazing patterns of wild herbivores um, they move livestock strategically across the land, allowing for proper rest, recovery periods for vegetation, and that promotes a healthy plant growth and reduces erosion. Um, so we prioritize the improvement of the soil through practices such as cover crops or rotational grazing. Um, this adds organic matter. Um, so we can increase soil fertility, water holding capacity, microbial diversity, um, and just stop degrading the soils. Yeah, such a, a nice thing to do, switch to holistic ranching or regenerative ranching. And you were talking about the certification. Um, what happens when you have traditional overgrazing and then it leads to uh, the certification. And I came across a very specific term, which is naked zones. So what happens when we have naked zones? What happens to the soil microbial diversity? And can we fix them and improve the soil diversity? Yeah, sure. Um, well, when soil is bare, it becomes more susceptible to erosion, right? Um, there's nutrient leaching and the loss of beneficial micro microorganisms. So without vegetation cover, the soil is exposed to environmental stressors. The biggest one is temperature fluctuations and moisture loss, um, which can disrupt the delicate balance of microbial communities. We all depend on the first four inches of soil. So um, planting cover crops in their areas can quickly provide vegetation cover just to protect the soil um, like legumes, grasses, or just a mix of diverse species help, help prevent erosion. Um, it enhances organic matter content and provide uh, the habitat that the soil and organisms need. Um, in, corp also, um, in, in terms of farming, incorporating crop rotation 
practices helps break the pest disease cycles um, while diversifying the root exudates and organic matter inputs into the soil. Um, this promotes the microbial diversity and improves overall soil health. Um, you can also apply mulch, such as uh, straw, wood chips, or compost to bare soil to conserve moisture and regulate the temperature of the soil. Um, just to create a favorable environment for soil microbes to thrive, um, mulch acts as a protective barrier and provides the source of organic matter for microbial activity. Uh, the, other, the other thing is unnecessary tillage. Um, you can disrupt the soil structure in microbial communities. So adopting reduced tillage or better no tillage at all uh, can help preserve soil structure and, um, like I said, uh, promote microbial diversity and uh, reduce erosion. So in areas with severe naked zones, it is important to reestablish vegetation. Um, it can be done by reseeding or reforestation, uh, but um, native plant communities help rebuild ecological balance and supports a diverse array of soil microorganisms. Um, this can be done with cattle. I actually recommended that you do it with cattle. Otherwise, it's a little expensive. Also, the microorganisms on the rumen are directly related to the ones on the soil. Um, yeah. Good, good. Interesting, uh, Fausto. So we have talked about the microbes include in soil biodiversity, but there are also species that we can see with the naked eyes, such as insects and worms. Uh, and then many years ago, when I started learning about holistic man uh, ranching, uh, I heard the story about the dung beetles uh, and, and what the, the goods they did and how in some ranches where, where some uh, um, chemical, not chemicals, uh, medicals uh, components were included into the cattle. They were the, the, the feces or the, or the tongue that they were releasing was very unfriendly with dung beetles. And that was a big problem because dung wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be processed and, and reintegrated into the soil. So tell us more about it because I think it's a wonderful story. Sure. Um, so the presence of worms and dung beetles are a positive sign of, that indicates good soil health, right? But um, there are the two most common ones, earthworms and dung beetles. Um, so earthworms are known as an ecosystem engineers, right? Um, they play a crucial role in the soil structure and nutrient cycling. Um, their activities improve soil aeration, water infiltration, and drainage. Um, they consume organic matter and soil, soil particles um, by processing them through their digestive systems and resulting in a, in a um, nutrient-rich castings. They're also known as um, vermicompost, um, and that enhances soil fertility. And then the dung beetles, like the name says, they bury dung, right? Um, but that contributes to nutrient cycling. They break down organic matter and improve the, like, once again, the soil structure. And 
there's more to it. The dongbill activity promotes uh, nutrient avail availability. They reduce the fly population because the eggs that are on the on the dung are put on the soil. So when they uh, when they fly uh, bor gets born, uh, he's underground, so they they cannot go. Uh, they cannot dig a hole out of it. And they decrease uh, the risk of parasite transmission. Uh, so by deworming cattle, you're actually promoting worms, right? Uh, so their presence indicates an active and functioning soil ecosystem that efficiently recycles organic matters. Wow. Organic really materials. That's really interesting. Thank you, Fausto. Yeah, so in previous episodes, we were talking about agriculture and farming using around 70% of available fresh water in the world. Is regenerative ranching reducing the usage of this water and contributing to aquifers recharge? And if regenerative ranching is doing that, how is it doing that? Um, so when we employ rotational, or I prefer to call it plan, grazing techniques um, by moving livestock strategically across the land, allowing proper rest and proper recovery periods. They prevent overgrazing and minimize the impact on vegetation and soil. And this promotes healthier vegetation cover and that reduces the water runoff and always allows for more effective water infiltration in the soil replenishing ground uh, water and contributing to aquifer recharge. Uh, for example, with my neighbor, uh, I get uh, from 30 to 45 days more of uh, growing season because of the, the holding, the water holding capacity of, of, uh, the, of the ranch, right? So soil health helps retain moisture within the root zone and that, re that reduces the need for irrigation and enhances the availability of water for plants. Great, Fausto. We're approaching to the next break, uh, but I want to ask you an important question for us. What gives you hope? What keeps me hope? Yeah, what gives, okay, you, hope? Um, what keeps you hopeful? Just, just knowing that people are still interested and they just starting to realize that it's not the animal or the food that are wrong, it's how the practice is being done. And uh, there are many solutions that not only regenerate the land, but bring, bring value to a bigger community where nature and man can thrive. Uh, we just need to spread the word because mm -hmm. I think the seed has been seed and it is time to water it ourselves. Beautiful, Fausto. Thank you so much. Spread the word. So it's time for us to go to the next break. When we return, we will talk about the things you can do and how to take action now. So your everyday choices will lead you to optimal health and also align with global environmental efforts. So stay tuned. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Do you want to have control over your eating decisions, your life, and your and your family's health? 
Do you wish to take action that benefits the planet, humanity, and generations to come? Healthy Planet, Healthy You offers a unique opportunity to increase the public's awareness of vital environmental and health issues while sharing easy-to-apply habits that can change the world. A book you cannot miss. Find it on Amazon. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Our children deserve to be emotionally healthy as they grow through youth into adulthood. As adults, if we model these behaviors for our children and incorporate them into our own daily lives, imagine the synergy we can create. We have become accustomed to waiting for symptoms before we seek help, both emotionally and physically. It's time to change our way of thinking from reactive to proactive. Let's learn what we need to now so kids growing up have skills and strategies to use for life in this very challenging world. Tune into Taking the Helm with host Lynn McLaughlin to learn all you need to know. Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. Have a question for Jimena and Lorenzo or their guests? Join us on the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back. If you're tuning in, we have been talking about soils. Before the break, Fausto Bermudez shared with us how regenerative branching is a game changer in recovery and healing the soils. Yes, in our first segment, we talked about the impact of regenerative branching on soils. And I would like to add that over thousands of years, and this was one of the questions, but didn't have enough time we wanted to make to Fausto. Over thousands of years, large herbivores developed nomadic systems to deal and cope with seasonal rainfall patterns. This is, this is a migration uh, routes or patterns north to south and south to north. Bison in America are one of the examples of this migratory system, as are other species like in Africa, the wildebeest. So for thousands of years, tens of millions of bison, uh, the scientists estimate 60, 70 million bison, roamed North America's Great Plains. And that included Canada, US, and Northern Mexico. These majestic animals crowd together into tight herds, and when they travel across large landscapes in pursuit of food and water, their moving patterns, as well as their grazing and wallowing behaviors, reduce diversity in vegetation and soils, creating habitats that benefited many other plants and animals. Their bushy coats picked up seeds that later fell off in different places, and insects and microorganisms decompose their manure to recycle nutrients back into the soil. Bison influence the diversity and processes of ecosystems that they occupy more than any other large grazing animal 
mammal in North America. However, by the 1800s, the U.S. Army began a campaign to remove Native American tribes from the landscape by taking away their main food source, bison. Millions of bison were killed by U.S. troops and market hunters. By the end of the 19th century, the great herds of bison that once dominated the North American landscapes and ecosystems were nearly gone. Only around 300 wild bison were left. Fortunately, by the turn of the century, some conservative movements were ignited, and today bison live in many U.S. states, including Native American lands, wildlife refuges, national parks, and private lands. However, the loss of millions of bison unbalanced and disturbed their ecosystems, making unproductive vast territories that were formerly diverse and rich prairies and grasslands. Regenerative grazing seeks to mimic this natural grazing dynamics to restore degraded soils and disturb ecological processes while increasing biodiversity. Holistic plant grazing is an adaptive rotational stocking approach in which dense livestock herds, 400, 500 animals, are rotated rapidly through multiple paddocks with the help of electrical fences in short periods of grazing with long periods of recovery within those places to promote regrowth. The concentrated hoof action of herds is regarded as vital for generating soils and ecosystem services. This recreates the huge wildlife migrations that dominated our planet before the American colonization at a ranch scale. Yeah, so the story of bison, I find it so heartbreaking. But then borders between countries and change in land use would have not allowed the bison to keep moving and grazing as they did before the Europeans settled in the American continent. Likewise, soil degradation is happening not in those parts, but also in the tropic, uh, where forests are cut down and burned for livestock, soybean and palm oil production. What is largely overlooked is that a massive amount of carbon is stored in the soil in the form of decayed plant and animal material. So mistreated soil creates a huge amount of carbon emissions. When natural grasslands and forestlands are tilled and covered with cropland, some of the soil carbon is, is released into the atmosphere. And on the other hand, this also means that soils can store more carbon than, than the atmosphere and all the world's plants and forests combined. Yeah, actually, healthy living soil will take tons of carbon out of the atmosphere. It has the potential to offset 5 to 15% of global fossil fuel emissions. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge amount. And this is very good news because it means that we should look at soils as an important tool to reverse climate change. Techniques like woodland regeneration, no-till farming, manuring, compost application, and cover cropping not only restore degraded soils and increase crop yields, they help pull carbon out of the atmosphere and lock it underground. Yes, soils have a huge effect on entire ecosystems and the planet. They are a great carbon sinks, but also they are key players in regulating hydrological processes, which includes, of course, aquifer replenishment and water quality and quantity from them. Depending on the level of organic matter in the soil, it could store up to two-thirds of the fresh water on the planet. 
To give you an idea, storage can store one and a half Olympic swimming pools full of water per hectare. That's a big amount. Yeah. Also, healthy soils can help to prevent floods and mitigate the effect of droughts. When soil biodiversity is lost, plants produce less food, carbon is released into the atmosphere, and infiltration and water storage capacity is reduced. Yeah. Yeah, the loss of healthy soils lowers food production and worsens the impact of drought. 90% of world's agricultural production is supported by water from soils, and 95% of food production relies on healthy soils. The loss of soil reduces agricultural yields, and if we don't change the rate of degradation, it could result in a food production shortfall of 25% by 2050. Because let's face it, about a third of the world's land has already been degraded. And as we've seen in other episodes, conventional agricultural practices are responsible for two thirds of this degradation, particularly chemical fueled intensive agricultural practices. Agricultural lands are suffering from acidification, contamination, depletion of nutrients, and salinization. And unfortunately, all around the world, soil is losing its ability to support eco ecosystem services. Definitely. And, and this is another example or another source of, of, of knowledge. The assessment report on land degradation and restoration by the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, oh, what a long, long name, uh, acronym IPBES, covers the global status of land degradation by region and land cover type, and the effect of degradation on biodiversity values, ecosystem services, and of course, human well-being. The study that took three years to carry out and draws on over 3,000 sources from scientific, government, indigenous, and local knowledge clearly shows that land and soil degradation is causing significant losses in biodiversity and ecosystem services such as water purification, food security, and energy provision. And of course, compromising the well-being of at least 3.2 billion people around the world. Yeah, you're talking about people by 20, uh, 2060. The global population is projected to surpass 9 billion people. So it's, it's estimated that people will be wealthier and, and will demand more agricultural products placing even greater demand on soils and undermining the long-term productivity of the land. The Soil Health Institute says that by then, we will be demanding worldwide topsoil to produce as much food as we have consumed in the last 500 years. And sadly, if the soil damaging trends and rates continue, we're facing approximately 60 harvest cycles left. And after that, the soils will become mostly unproductive according to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. So let's start taking action now. Healthy soils are part of the solution to some of our social, human health, and environmental pressing dilemmas, including poverty, malnutrition, and climate change. So soils provide us with food, energy, and water. And if we want to meet the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals, um, we need a worldwide healthy topsoil because that's vital. So where can we start? 
Well, the first and most important thing to know, Jimena, is that you have the power to protect the soil. Soil degradation affects us all, and we can all do something to prevent it. Besides a greater commitment from government and industry, small changes in your habits can have very positive effects. Looking after your, our soils ultimately means looking after ourselves. We have talked about this in previous episodes, but if you feel empowered to write to your local policymakers, ask them to target agricultural practices and policies on the recovery and protection of soil biodiversity. Yeah, let's keep in mind that healthy soils influence human health, and we will deepen this topic in the next episode. Right? Right. So one way to benefit soils is with cover crops. And, and I look so much forward to the next episode about health and nature. But let's, let's, let's concentrate now for a while still on soil. So, so this technique, the, the soil cover coverage or, and crops coverage, is used in regenerative farming. But we can do it in our yards and gardens too. Plant diversity is helpful for soil organisms because it gives them a greater variety of food sources. And cover crops are an easy way to diversify. Cover crops increase the number of earthworms, and earthworms, earthworms are a real hero of healthy soils. The engineers also, said Fausto. Yeah, also, <laughs> when, when rain hit the soil, and, and that's another thing, soil is so important, so we have to keep it, because when rain hits the soil, we have this effect of soil erosion, and all of that plays against us. Yeah. Another thing we can do, you can do, is compost your food scraps and use your compost in your yard, garden, and pots. So that's the trick for success, success regenerative farming. They have on average 65% more compost in, um, in their soils. Uh, there are plenty of videos that will show you how to compost, even if you live in an apartment in the middle of a big city. So in this case, you will only need a plastic container with some holes, shredded newspaper, and earthworms that will eat your food scraps and transform them into these great natural fertilizers for soils. Yeah, as we are ending this episode, Jimena, I, I want to take the opportunity of quoting Wendell Perry, the American novelist, poet, and environmental activist. He says that the soil is the great connector of lives, the source and destination of all. So let's do a quick recap of the facts we have reviewed. One, healthy living soils are one of the most diverse ecosystems on the planet. Two, soils are a natural body made up of minerals, air, water, organic matter, and living organisms. Soil microorganisms in a gram of healthy soil are more than the people on Earth. Soil is a living organism, and it can also die every minute that we don't put attention to this large uh, surfaces of soil and land are lost. And fifth, soils, and very important because it has to do with climate change, soils can store more carbon than the atmosphere and all the world plants and forests combined and are key players in regulating hydrological processes. Yeah, so we, what can we do? Protect soils with cover crop, compost, write to your policymakers to make changes in agricultural policies. Most important of all, uh, support regenerative ranching and agriculture by buying and recommending their products. So I'm so excited about next week's conversation. Thank you, Lorenzo. Thank you, Fausto. When uh, I understand the importance of soils, I became a very 
greatest cheerleader. Thank you for tuning in and joining us in casual conversations about health and nature in Healthy Planet, Healthy You. Nos vemos la próxima semana. We hope you join us next week. See you in the health episode next week. Bye. Thank you, Fausto. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Healthy Planet, Healthy You with Jimena Yanez and Lorenzo Rosenzweig. We hope you've learned something new today that can help you in your life and how to make this a better planet. Until next time, have a healthy and regenerative week. <laughs>